What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. This week, I had Sinead Hegarty on the podcast. She's just written a brilliant little ebook on relationships, uh, which you can find through her Instagram, which is at Sinead Heg. Sinead is S I N E A D, Heg is H E G. If you're new here, you can follow us on Instagram, and it's at A Need to Read with the number two as opposed to the word. But yeah, we're going to get into this straight away. It was another challenging and interesting conversation with another brilliant guest. And I'm sure you guys are going to love it as much as I did. So strap yourself in and enjoy this one. Sinead, like lemonade, welcome to A Need to Read. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited about this one. I feel like the other ones are just like the same thing, but like if it's about books, I'm I'm just excited. Exactly. Yeah, we've got to keep it, keep it on the topic of books. And speaking about books, obviously you've just written one. So you've just written a book yeah. on relationships, which I'm halfway through. Okay. It's such a nice, like, refreshing book to read. I like seeing stuff from like, a female perspective so I can understand it a bit better. And I think, is the idea in this book to essentially... Well, what's, what's the idea in the book? What was your inspiration writing so, it? When I first... When I first like, so basically, right, I was kind of like in my... I was in my shed working yeah. out and I was listening to the radio, which is something I would never do. I've never listened to the radio, but I listened to the radio and it's like people were doing their anonymous confessions about being in quarantine with their family members. Yeah. And they were like, oh my God, I hate my mom. I hate my sister. And like, they were saying like, I can't wait to divorce my husband. And oh, I intense. just sat there and I was like, the universe has just literally put me in the shed to listen to this because I just felt like I had the information to help people with their relationships. Cause I felt like not only can you improve your relation, like not only can you not break up, but you can improve it in this time and you can learn mm. about them. And like, this is a really good time to sit and learn about how to deal with relationships and other personalities. And, um, I just felt like I had value, valuable information and it was really hard for me because I'm not a writer mm. and I'm not, it's not something that I'm comfortable with, but I just yeah. knew that I had to write something because I just felt like that I like there was something pushing me to write that. So I was like, I'll write a few pages on, like I'll just do a little ebook, and like yeah. my my wellness company. It obviously was brave retreats and it was like you know i had to give all the money back and i had already paid for everyone in thailand so i was kind of like freaking out that there was going to be no money in my wellness company so i was like yeah okay if i write a few pages in this and charge like two pound grant so i was like i'll just start writing it so then i started writing it and then like things just sort of kept flowing out of me like i had to actually stop because i was like what am i even writing am i writing a full book or am i writing any book i don't really know so and then like now i've got like three more chapters that I've wrote that are obviously like just here. Yeah. So it it started off just being like that. And then like the more I wrote, the more it was kind of sort of coming pouring out of me. And it was more, it's, it was about being like changing your relationships with your family. And then it started to be for your actual partner as well. Yeah. So that is how, and so basically it's just like sort of learning how your, how your other half or how your other, how other people work so that you can actually communicate with them better because people think that they have the exact same needs and what people need to realize is that we have completely different needs and we can, we have, we talk in completely different ways, especially to like male, female. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like I had very valuable information. So I was like, right, I'm just going to write it. And it just came pouring out of me and I still have more to give. But yeah, it went really well. And everyone's yeah. like saying that their like their relationships have changed. So I'm just like buzzed by that. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. And that's the nicest thing is that you can like sort of make an influence on 
people's life in that way especially like because relationships essentially what makes life like no one just lives on their own and i mean some people do like in complete solitude but it's the relationships that you have with other people that make life like sort of give it meaning whether that's a relationship from afar or like family relationships or like you say like your partner yeah the good thing about the book for me at the start is you talk about your relationship with yourself as well yeah there's a lot like when you read the whole book like at the very end it's like it's basically comes down to all the relationship with yourself because you could actually be in love with someone like you two could be freaking soulmates can we curse on this podcast yeah yeah oh yeah literally do what you yeah. want don't care <laughs> <laughs> so um you could be soulmates but your insecurities and your relationship with yourself can drive that person away i always use rachel and ross and friends do you watch yep. friends yeah yeah so rachel and ross are like meant to be together like we can all see their soulmates but when, when they started going out at the very beginning she was he was like questioning about mark do you remember mark yeah, yeah so he was questioning like and she was getting so fed up but his insecurities were driving a hole in that relationship and essentially what happened was he he his insecurities got to him so bad he like stormed out he felt like fuck it sabotaged and like got with that other girl did he want to get with that other girl no well, when, when, when they're on a break yeah and then does he love Rachel? of course he does but his insecurities drove him his relationship with himself drove that that away and he lost his soulmate and then of course they got back together in the end but that's fucking tv like a lot of people reali- don't realize that like you can actually be in love and th- things like this happen and i want people to also understand that people cheat doesn't mean they don't love them it means like the yeah. means their relationship with themselves is very damaged and that's why what i want to get across it that no matter how much you love this person or how much you love each other your insecurities could drive a wage and uh like i want people to understand that you need to love yourself first 100%. yeah yeah definitely i think there's that's interesting you say that about like the the cheating thing and the love thing so i i kind of agree with you there i think people can definitely love someone and cheat because like people make mistakes and I think there's different levels to it and like yeah. obviously scenarios that could differ where like someone's drunk on a night out and they have felt like they haven't had attention for a while and they want to do the whole like self-sabotage thing. And Have you ever cheated? Have I? Yeah. And yeah. what was your reason? Got me in it straight away. I was, I was waiting for that. Kind oh of yeah. Question. I will question I was, you. Like I will get I'll, somebody I'll, in and I will dig down. Mm, so I, I was prepared for that. Yeah, I have. Um, don't worry i have two just to break the yeah thing. yeah both pieces of shit yeah. but yeah and, and and i've been cheated on and it's not something like consciously now i couldn't fathom doing it again because but, like, like what you're gonna realize in this book when you finish my book is that you need to figure out why you did that and like you're gonna yeah. get to the core reason so oh i've thought about it for years don't worry about that okay so what's the core reason <laughs> yeah i think for me as well especially because i'm going on like this like the journey of self-discovery like those kind of things like they're big parts of your life so yeah. I'm like, right, well, let's write about it. Why did that happen? What was it? And I think it's right, like what you're saying, that I think attachment types is something that you, I've, I've seen you write about before, like on your Instagram. I don't know if it's yeah, in the book. Yeah, there's a whole part on that on the book. It's near the end, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think I used to be quite an, atta- an anxious attachment type. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my gauge on it. I've got the book attached yeah I started reading it yet but I well, when you read my book you'll understand that you, yeah because because like you think you're anxious or you think i thought i was secure and then i read mm. through like 
the boundaries or, or the, the actions of an avoidance. So yeah. actions of an avoidant will push someone away, say that they don't want to commit, say, you know, start using things against, like being like, oh, I don't really like the way he dresses, don't like who he hangs about with, oh, maybe mm. we're not meant to get, be together. Oh, like I'll use, and I'll be like, oh, he doesn't, he can't travel, he can't do my job. Okay, no, we're not meant to be. Because yeah. you'll use anything to get rid of the closeness. Um, so that's what I am when I'm an avoidant. But like, that's quite interesting. Hmm. Are you I think you're an avoidant now? Yeah, well, I think so because I yeah. think like, I'm like, what well, I don't want to be. Live a, in you can be both. You can yeah. be both. Well, it's it's interesting to hear that because like, whenever I think about relationships now, I'm like, mm, nah, probably not because I want to go and live in Bali. I want to go back to Australia. Or I want to go anywhere because I've got that like. Yeah, this has been me for like the last ten years of my life. I'm like, um, you. I'm like, oh, you don't read. Oh, we're not meant to be. Like, sorry, but like, what? When I read the book, I read that, and like, avoidance are like the most unhappy in relationships because they're constantly, you know, trying to get rid of that closeness and using excuses in their head. Like, there's a lot of phantom exes. So you'll lie, you'll lie in bed and be like, oh, it was better with the other ex, or it was better. Like, you know, my other ex did this, my other ex did that. And you start like comparing just to get rid of that closeness. You just do not want to be vulnerable, but you don't want to be vulnerable because you got hurt usually in the past. It Mm. it stems from childhood, but I think like my reason for being an avoidant is like came from like my, like my first heartbreak where, you know, I got so hurt that I just can I've just completely like made sure that I never get that hurt again like yeah. I have been in a relationship since and I've always used in my head oh we're not meant to be or you know he's not the one spark and that keeps me from feeling that vulnerability so like yeah. when I do break up with, when I break up with people now I'm like fucking stone cold like I'm like yeah the last time but that's what that's what being an avoidant does like it avoids but then you're missing you're missing the very vulnerable being in love part you're missing like yeah that. like oh my god I love you so much so that is something that I'm working on as well. But you're obviously yeah. sitting there like, oh, I'm an avoidant now. Huh? Are you sitting there being like, oh, I'm an avoidant? Well, I don't know. I'm, now I'm like more interested. Well, I'm definitely going to finish the book today and then I'm going to read the attached book because yeah. like, it's definitely interesting. I think obviously the more people get to know this, the more they can recognize behaviors in themselves and probably their partners as well. And then if you can get two people to read this book, like if oh, they're yeah. in a relationship, like, you pretty much cracked it from because they might actually be like, you know what, we're not going to work. Or yeah, when like, I read yeah. it, I was I was going with, so I was seeing someone and he was an anxious and I was an avoidant. Like he was always like, oh, you know, I need you here to basically us to be working and like where who are you with, what are you doing? Whereas as an avoidant, anything like that will threaten my freedom. So I'll just run. Yeah, I'll run for the hills. And it was never. It just kept. Even though we loved each other, we kept coming back because we loved each other. But like his anxious behavior and my avoidant, it's just like. Meh. So, um, unless we work on it together, but like, we, I don't know, but it's, yeah. yeah. So when you find that out, I was like, okay, why do I, like, I, I kept saying like, well, I love him, but like, that's not going to work. No, like, it's not, it's not, not enough sometimes, is it? Cause yeah. like, the thing is, I feel like people don't value their lives enough when they're in relationships, like their actual life. And they yeah. don't realize that they're sharing that with someone. And if it's not really working for them, like. You don't, you don't have to, no one's forcing you in that relationship. I mean, there's probably relationships where people are forced and I mean, shout out to you people. A lot of people, people don't like, have that validation from themselves. So like they, yeah. they use another person to like validate themselves. So like, that's why when you break up with someone and then they, like, they're trying to get them back, trying to get them back. Cause like they need to love themselves. They need that validation that somebody yeah. loves them. 
So that's why the relationship with yourself is so important. You think it's like a self-esteem thing in that scenario? Yeah, I think a lot of the time, like, I, like even if you look back, I do a lot of tasks in the book and I tell people to look back at their relationships and see like, why did, the, why, did the, why did you feel so hurt? Why did you run after someone and you knew it wasn't right for you? Because like, it's got to do with your validation for yourself because you're not, if you don't love yourself, someone else loving you fills that void. But yeah. like they are so, someone else, that is just so unstable yeah. because like you cannot control what else someone else is, somebody else's does. Someone else does. Someone else is doing. <laughs> so you just can't control yeah. that. So it's so unstable for your self-love and your self-esteem. So you need to first look inner to you. Yeah, oh, I, wanna, I think we lost track because I really want to get back to why you did it. Oh, why? Um, I want to see your self-discovery here. <laughs> well, right. So this is why I wore a vest because I knew it was going to get a bit heated. You're in therapy now. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Great. This is free as well. Ideal. Um, <laughs> I think at the time I, would, I just didn't have the bollocks to end the relationship that mm-hmm. I was in, that I was un- unhappy in. And it wasn't anything to do with that other person. It was just like, I wanted a different thing from my life. And I'd been with this person for like three years. And then someone else sort of like popped up at work. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm completely in love here. Like, but I'm also in this other relationship. So how the hell do I work that out? So from like analysis on my side and um, basically what I would say there is you like the thing about it is people will see themselves as a bad person when mm. something like this comes out but if you look at that situation deeper you will see that what you wanted here was you didn't want to hurt anyone yeah. and you could not bring it to the surface because you probably didn't have at that time especially men don't have the emotional intelligence to realize that like they are not in love anymore or something like that yeah. so like then you didn't want to hurt someone so in fact you know, it's not like you're a bad person. You just didn't want to hurt somebody. And the the other person, so there's loads of different types of like cheating. One of them is a scapegoat. So like that's yours, you're a scapegoat. So you couldn't deal with your emotions and you couldn't deal with what was going on. So you decided to self or to sabotage the relationship. Yeah. Like that. And if you didn't do that, you would still be hurt. You would have hurt that person continuously because you're in a, you're the worst thing that you can do for someone is be with someone that you know you don't want to be with because you're that yeah. is the worst sort of hurt so you would have constantly hurt that person right up until the end but instead you just like i've done that myself i've scapegoated i've like accidentally you know, know text an ex or flirted with someone like yeah. that was actually subconscious like because i knew it wanted to get <laughs> subconsciously all of a sudden you found just like you're sending that you up text you're like oh shit well yeah i know so like, you're, you're a scape you're doing a scapegoat so that's yeah. one reason for cheating and um you just need to realize that like your initial like feelings were like you didn't want to hurt someone and you didn't know yeah. how to hurt them you didn't know how to sit down and have a conversation but like that's what you learn when you're going through self-discovery like you'll probably yeah. learn now you probably yeah. would have learned the signs a long time ago yeah, or, or, I... or you would really because sometimes at the start in my book there's a thing have you read the love drug bit i've literally on the page just before that but i've uh, no i think i have just read that just before we sat down to be fair one yeah. second because like when you start going yeah. out with someone like there's a love drug and it just like blinds you and like this person could be so incompatible to you but you oh, but it's so intense and yeah, so you're so addicted to the feeling of like them coming over, hugging, cuddles, like you're so addicted to that. And like 
that is only there like literally evolution puts that there so you can breed with anyone so like yeah. they can just breed but um when you when that dies down then you're like how the hell what and then you're stuck yeah. with them because you don't know what to do because you don't want to hurt them so yeah. it's better to get it at the start and be like okay we're not compatible like mm. when you're you will notice that your friends can see outside the love drug and they're like this person is just like this person's not yeah. always get the opinion of your friends and start to really think about it because once you get deep into the love drug and then you're in a relationship then you can't get out yeah it's very true and you get stuck Especially someone like me and you you're like me i can't i'm like i would rather just ghost people because i can't deal with like the, the confrontation of like telling someone i don't like them yeah i see i i wouldn't i don't know if i'd ghost someone i don't i don't think nowadays i would i so i i read sam harris's book on lying have you read that or listened no. to that really good book and it's really short and it's just like a nice look at lying and like what it is and why people do it and what your life would look like if you don't so i read that last year and i was like okay sweet well i'm gonna really consciously try it and if i ever catch myself lying i'm like, bollocks and i give myself such a hard time for it i'm like come on Ed, you're better than this you can you can be an honest person and i do struggle though to like have that breakup conversation or i used to i used to i haven't had an opportunity to do that for a while but like i would all i would always find excuses like oh she's busy doing this she won't want the upset it will add more like stress to her life or something like that so i would yeah. avoid the conversation thinking i'm being like altruistic about it but obviously i'm i'm not i'm just pushing it further and further towards blowing up even bigger yeah and i i, I find that hard too like people always ask me about ghosting like i would ghost someone like on hinge dates and stuff like that like if i went on a date with them i would just ghost yeah I, like i just don't want to be like hey like we just don't match like i just yeah I wouldn't go someone that I'm obviously seeing, but I do find it difficult to break up with someone that I'm not got that connection with. But then I also struggle with, is that just me being an avoidant? Like, should I just yeah. keep trying? Is this, is it, what got you so interested in this? What was like the one thing that was like, I need to work out what's, not, not what's wrong with you, but like what I am. So like, obviously like the first heartbreak, of course, is like the initial like spark. So yeah me and my like the first heartbreak like when i say in love i mean like we were notebook in love like we were like disgustingly in love like ridiculous just cringy so then, yeah so then i just find out one day like someone just texted me on instagram and that we were flying we were traveling the world there the week, yeah. the, week the week before or the week after and she was just like my friend had texted your boyfriend and i was like and i'm really strong i was like get me. i was like take me to the airport so I just went, I just went, and then I went, I went travel. I took a ticket and I said, no, and I went traveling and I left him and I just did everything by myself. Like we're living together, like in London, in Essex. And I just was like, okay, bye. And then like, after that, I, heard, I like heard nothing from him, you know, like my boundaries is like a cheating is such a boundary, but I was so unaware. I didn't really know what, like, I was so, so ignorant to everything. I didn't know what was going on in the relationship. I just yeah. thought it was fine and dandy. And, um, so like, then I was traveling and then I moved to Sydney and I was kind of like, how can someone love you so much and do this and not talk to you? Like I was yeah. just so distraught and I was so heartbroken and it was so, I could not understand his behavior. So I was like, I need to figure out what his behavior is. So yeah. I just was like, I'm just going to study human behavior here. I'm just going to yeah. go into it. And as soon as I got the reason of why I felt I felt so much better and I finally got the closure that I needed and 
a lot of people are getting closure from my book as well because they're understanding. I think like it's, I was like, how can someone love, but like he did love me, but he just valued freedom. And he was very insecure in the end and he valued freedom. You know, he probably was thinking in his head like, God, all the boys are going out and getting girls and all this and you know yeah. I'm with my girlfriend so he just valued that over commitment at that point it didn't mean and that's why he struggled so much probably and that's why he cheated because he wanted yeah. the freedom but he also loved me very much so yeah it's, it's it was good to recognize that and realize that he like it, like it was good to know like he still loved me I still feel like yeah. like we were in love like I don't like I just yeah. that's what I struggled with I was like how did you just fake it yeah. so I understood his behavior I understood that you know, I was also a part to play as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I was very, I'm very dominant and I'm also an avoidant. So like, I'm like, if, if you don't like it, there's a fucking door. And I would never do yeah. that again. Like that's something I realized that, you know, you need to make sacrifices and compromises in relationships. And um, I am not just the dominant one. And he yeah. was also very insecure. Like I knew that like after like a year and a half, not speaking, we had the closure talk and like, you know, he was very insecure and he always thought that I was going to cheat and I was going to leave. So he just thought, yeah. so well, like, I'll get there first. yeah. So I learned a lot from that relationship. I learned that, you know, I am going to reassure my partner when I have one that like, you know, like I love him and only him. Mm. So that's why I think like learning about human behavior and like, you'll get the final closure that you need from a relationship and you can actually learn from it and then put it towards your new relationship. So that's mm. the stem for human behavior really. Yeah. Nice. It's nice that you've, you've, read it and are applying it as well as, as opposed to sort of approaching it in like a almost like a defeatist way of like well this is how i am like whatever at least i understand it now i'm not going to change anything not that you're necessarily trying to change but like you're applying sort of techniques to like you know for next time what to do so you're not what's the word so you're not making the same mistake again yeah or not necessarily that it was mistakes like it's not your fault but like it's not your no, fault. It's, both, it's but, both parts. Like, like yeah. you learn both. I think, especially with cheating, a lot of people will, like a lot of people mess with me about cheating because 70%, this is my research, 70% of people have experienced cheating in their life. No, that, so, does, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me So like we have to learn. People how are to dogs cheat. and like. No, they're not dogs. They all have issues. They need to figure them all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, like of the course. initial thing is to be like you're a fucking snake, and then like they blame them throughout the whole. They take them back yeah. and they blame them, and it's the worst thing you can do. You need to get to the absolute core of infidelity, yeah. and then you can't figure it out until you get to the core. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, I was fucked." Uh, no, yeah. no, you need to find out more. But trying to get yeah. to your bodies is ridiculous because we just communicate very differently. Because men will go to their man cave and figure yeah. out their solution by themselves, whereas women want to talk and get the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a weird thing. See, I think I'm a talker now. Like I'm, I'm pretty honest with everyone that I meet nowadays. So like people will be like, Oh, that's like a bit intense, but like, it's not intense. Just like, I don't mind like yeah. laying it all out there because if someone's like, Oh, I don't really like that. I'm like, well, sweet. At least you haven't wasted any time. Yeah. Like that's, I feel like that's a way better way to be, to be honest and open about these kind of things, like from the very off. And then no one no one can say that i did a particular thing or like i was pretending to be someone yeah. at, at the start of it and then comes to the end of the relationship like who the hell was i just with yeah and i didn't get it but um you talk a lot about forgive there's a f- chapter on forgiveness and i messaged you last night saying oh like i love that chapter forgiveness is probably one of the most important things i think when it comes to relationships and also your relationship with yourself because it's a really difficult thing to do if you forgive yourself and 
Have you read A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley? It's like a classic novel. No. Okay, so at, at the start, I haven't actually read the whole thing, but I read the foreword and like the first chapter, and then I was like, actually, it's a bit intense for me. But, um, and just a note on that, like, don't ever be afraid to put down books, people, if they're a bit intense. Just pick up another one that you enjoy reading. Never read anything you don't want. I'm the opposite. Oh, really? You forced your way through it? I have to read the whole thing. I have to read it. I used to, I used to be like that. And my mum was like, why don't you just read books you like? And I was like, wow, yeah, I suppose I probably should. Well, I really? If you get one thing, I'm like, you may as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so from the start of this book, that he, there's a quote about chronic remorse. So like obviously just bathing in your disgust at yourself, whatever behavior it was. And he says that rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean. And I yeah. thought that was really powerful because loads of people just sit sit with their like troubles or sit with what they've done wrong and they really let it eat them up and I've definitely done that in the past I've I have that feeling of like oh my god I am such a piece of shit for that and then you think about that for ages but it's better just to let go because you can't go around apologizing to yourself or apologizing to everyone you have to get to like what we did there like when you said you cheated and then like we are like okay you're not a bad person you actually just didn't want to hurt anyone yeah so and then like, if you actually figure out your, cause I, I talk about forgiveness in the book because I was someone that went out with a guy who had a girlfriend. Yeah. So I really struggled with that. And when someone called me bad, I believed them. But like yeah. when I look back at my behavior, it was all got to do with like my self validation. He was validating me because I didn't yeah. love myself. And like, it made me feel good that like he was choosing me over this other girl at this point. And yeah. Like, but you need to sort of, I, I do talk about, like, I do tasks or I get people to, like, delve into, you know, things they did that were bad because yeah. guilt in itself is a very powerful emotion because if you feel guilt, that means that, like, if you didn't feel guilt, you would continue doing all the bad things. So guilt is an emotion that arises in us to bring to the surface something that we have, we have broken one of our highest values. And that's why we feel guilt. And it's okay to do that because sometimes we're run on the emotional brain, the amygdala. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really interesting point because I've, I've never thought about it that you're, you've broken your own values. You're not guilty about someone else. You're guilty with yourself because you hide your, hold yourself at a higher sort of standard than the one that you've let yourself slip to. Yeah. So, and then like, once you realize that you feel guilt, that emotions there, you can look at it and be like, okay, that's one of my highest standards. I need to do, I need to know better and I need to do better next time. I need to put my standards up to the same and try my best not to do that again. And like, that's why you saw, like, even I say, I say with like people that eat like, you know, Christmas and you feel that real Christmas guilt at the end. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so much. Like that is a good emotion because that makes you not want to do that again because if you didn't feel the guilt you would continue to eat and eat and eat so yeah. that's why the guilt is so people are like i feel so guilty guilt is a powerful emotion it is very useful for us to stop doing what we're doing and to bring us back down now it depends if you recognize it like that and bring it and bring mm. your standard back up or you just keep going you're just going to bathe in your own guilt if you don't yeah you need to understand your behavior that you did and you need to be like, okay, that is why I did that. You know, I used my emotional brain there. I wasn't thinking logically. I thought with my vagina usually or your dick. Yeah. And you can bring it back and be like, okay, no, yeah. I need, if I don't want to feel that again, I'm just going to put that there. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we do it again because we're drunk or something. So. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's things like people, people will make mistakes repeatedly. But like 
when it comes to a relationship, what what is your stance on if someone does do you wrong like that? Are you like, are you, would you now be like, oh, okay, well, I'm like, I can, I can forgive. Or would you just be interested in why they do it, but also be like, actually, I'm going to step away from this relationship because it's kind of getting toxic. Um, I, I feel think, like, I think, I think like if I ever get into a relationship now, I feel like it's going to be like really, really good. But mm. because my values are sort of sitting at freedom, it's kind of hard for me to get into a relationship. But I feel like I'm so knowledgeable at relationships that I could make it grow and I could really find out like why that person did the things they did. And then we can work on it because every single fight that you have or something happens is that is a chance to have a, a more healthy relationship because at the end of the day, there are two personalities coming together. We're not going to have the same values. So if you pit, if you have a fight and you put them together and you actually get to the core of it, you can become a hundred times more closer. That is why when you have a fight and make up sex is really good because you have yeah. got closer, you've came to a conclusion and got closer. But um, yeah. But also, it's like you're just angry at each other and you've just both got it out and it's stuck. Yeah. And like ang- anger is, is, is an, um, shouldn't even exist because anger is not even real because anger yeah. is something that comes out when you're hurt. And yeah. people realize that people are like, he's so angry. And I'm like, no, he's very hurt and he isn't emotionally intelligent enough to yeah. realize that, you're, that he's hurt. So he's lashing out in anger. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely am a very forgiver now, but I mean, I haven't been cheated on since. And like, you haven't, if been, you haven't been tested. Haven't, haven't been, been tested yet. yet. I haven't Hopefully you won't, obviously. Since. It's been fucking four years, three years. So we'll at least you've learned all about it. So next time you're going to be well prepared. prepared. Yeah, I'll be well prepared. I mean, I just, or maybe I just won't ever get into relationships. So I never have to feel that again. But I'd be, well, I would be prepared if it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, but also like, it's quite a strange thing you say about you might never get in a relationship again. I feel like relationships are something that society kind of force on people. And it's something that people feel a pressure to be in a certain relationship. So especially like, how old are you? You, I think 27, 27. Yeah. So like I'm 25. I feel like people around mid twenties feel this kind of pressure to be in a relationship with someone because they're like, well, if I get in a relationship with them now, I can have three years of trying them out to see if like (laughs) I want to marry them. And then maybe they'll propose in like four years and then we'll have kids in five years. And then by the time I'm like 30, 32, I have like a really nice home and a really nice family. And I'm like, yeah, but that sounds shit like for the next five years i kind of i kind of just want to like go somewhere hot and do jujitsu and surf and or try to surf and like do the podcast and see see what happens that's why if you met someone now and you absolutely adored them you love them so much Mm. you would fight and you would have you would have because you've got contradicting values like she would value commitment whereas your value right now is freedom so like i've met people and like we're like we go amazing but like my highest value is freedom i need to know that i can go anywhere at any time without being like stopped and being like no where are you going so until that changes i can't really get into a relationship yeah so, same as you like you're gonna have to figure all this all out and then you'll be like okay i'm ready to share my life with someone yeah but um but like like i always think like oh i need to like sacrifice my like but I don't think I do. I don't think nah. I need to sacrifice anything. I think there is people out there that are on the same situation as me. But yeah, I can I can understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's quite interesting because that that explains a lot of like let's say like online dating and stuff like that. Like I haven't got any of the apps anymore because I just found it's pointless for me because like I w- I wouldn't have the bollocks to say to someone like oh do you just want to sleep together because I yeah. I feel I, I feel almost mean saying that because i don't want them to then think oh i'm only worth that because 
but well, I just don't want to hurt anyone. Just looking for that. <laughs> I know, I know, and most people will probably really respect the honesty there. But I just won't bother with the conversation in the first place because I'm not. Well, like, yeah. I don't. Well, I've be tried. I'm kind of on hinge now, and I'm like, I just hate the fucking first day. I just feel like it's so awkward. Yeah. It's really awkward. Like, I just don't feel sexual connection with someone I've just met. Yeah. And I've never got with guys that, you know, are friends of friends or like yeah. you've so vouched for them before. So it's hard to know. Like you could be an absolute, like, I don't know. Like, you could, yeah, you could. Yeah. There's, there's endless possibilities online dating. I feel like most people are pretty fortunate, but then there are those unfortunate people like, right, well, this is a serial killer. And he didn't put that in his bio as his uh, yeah, like, and job. they always lie as well. It's so funny. Yeah, I see. I had it as like I just kind of treated it as a joke. It was like, "What's your mantra?" And I was like, "If you sick, stay at home. If you thick, come on over." Because I heard it on a podcast. I thought that's so funny, <laughs> and I just want. It's almost like I'm self sabotaging it. Like I put pictures up of like me and my budgies. I put a stupid like caption like that, and I know that people in England don't really like budgies. So I'm kind of like self sabotaging. So I'm like, if people actually match me, like. I've taken the piss so much, like they actually must be serious. And I'm almost trying to put other people off. And it's so weird. And I, and like, I, as you can tell, like, I've delved deep into this in terms of like my head. I'm like, why do I behave this? But then I've got friends who go on like four hinge dates a week. Yeah. I'm like, so how do you keep that up? But it's, it's a numbers game, especially if you want to find someone. Yeah, it's like sales, isn't it? You just got to. You just got to keep... keep going. I went on one and I was like, recently, and I was just like, it just pissed me off. It's just like, ugh, so much effort. And like, you said no like and you know when they're lying like you can see in my profile that i like to read and i'm into psychology and all this and like yeah. and then they're like oh yeah i read blah, blah. and they always say that anyone i end up going with they tell me that they read and yeah. then and then at the end i'm like i've never seen you read one book in your life yeah. so um yeah that's true a bit, and, and people like do lie to like there if a guy was sitting in front of me and he was like fucking zach efron and he was like, yeah. I love Harry Potter. I would be like, fucking Hermione, fucking Ron, come here. You know? <laughs> <what happened>. <laughs> <laughs> Is Harry Potter one of your favourite books? No, I don't read. I don't read fiction. Have you never read the Harry Potters? No. I didn't, I didn't start reading until, you know, the whole fucking heartbreak. So Yeah. Like, how, long, then, how long ago was that? That was like three years ago. Yeah. So. See, I, I started like, I started getting properly into reading about a year ago that's when i was like yeah. really intense and the start of this year was when i was like right i need to read loads but i think i've read like 30 books this year or something now like no, so no, that's bragging but <laughs> this will help you do you have a goal for how many books you read a month i'm just trying to read as much as i can so i so i i started the year i was like right i want to read 26 books this year so two a month and then i started just plowing through them because like i was i was living in bondi i wasn't working i was hardly working essentially i was working for my friend's company, shout out Public Figure is a sustainable fashion brand. So there you go, everyone. <laughs> go and check that out on Instagram. Um, and I was just working for her, just sorting out some stuff in a factory. But I picked my own hours, so I was picking like three hours a day, and then all the rest of the time I'd just be reading. Yeah. So I'd read like I was reading a book a week at least, and that wasn't even really with trying. Like the time, I just sort of do twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there, hour here. And then you I'd finish the book and I was like, oh, phone. sweet. Like, oh. Yeah. And then I'd branch off and like, uh, you know, like Gertrude and Alice, that cafe on. Oh, uh, I love on, that. Yeah. Such a nice place. I'd always just go in there and just like. Pick Why, it. That's so funny that I never seen you now. I went there every day to work. Oh, really? But you can never get a fucking seat because it's. Yeah. 
but yeah. obviously we go in there to do even like research sometimes someone will, will say a book or like a research thing and i'll go there because like they yeah you know, yeah it's kind of like a little library isn't it i like um the most interesting thing they had in there was like the reading lists of celebrities and i loved that and i thought that's such a good way for people to pick books yeah. so i was like right what what's here i was like obama he's pretty smart like he he ran a country pretty big country at that and I was yeah. like well what's his reading list and then I picked up this book called A Grain of Wheat and it was about the Uhuru which is Kenyan independence in like 1963 Ooh. and my dad spent the first five years of his life in Uganda which is like right next to Kenya I think I mean if anyone knows about geography <laughs> sorry because I don't um so I was like reading that and it was essentially like I was finding out about what life was like in an area like where my dad was when he was younger it was quite nice to like connect about that Turns out that um, my granddad was working in Uganda and had letters from people describing one of the people in the book. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely mad. And I would have never picked up that book. It, like normally, I'd have never gone on Amazon and be like, oh, I'm going to buy that. But because I was like, oh, it's on Obama's reading list, so I was like, oh, I'll give it a whirl. So that's a little hack, I think, for people is looking at um, like celebrities' reading lists. Like, yeah. you've got a reading list, haven't you? Yeah, so, well, I've got book reviews online, yeah. but um, it's, not, it's not even half of what I've read. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I so I need to, and I said to myself one day, I was like, right, I need to sit down and do these book reviews. But like, it's so hard for me to put it into words, like book reviews. I'm so I better with that. And you're like, hey, just, just like buy it. It will change your life. Yeah. <laughs> That's all but, you need to put. <laughs> what I was going to say to you was, if you have, like you said, two a month, Mm. So I, I try to do four, four a month mm. and once I have a goal it's so funny because like it's coming to the end of the month now right and I'm on third and I've got like say I've got like a hundred maybe a hundred pages left in one of those yeah. and I'm like okay I said four at the end of the month so it makes me read that level of it hits five yeah. pages on the day so like when you, it's just like, like so it, I think it's good to have that and then even if you don't get it it's fine but like yeah. at the end and you've got 100 pages left you could easily get that done yeah, yeah if you just sit yourself down I always think of it as like depending on the book give or take it's about a minute per page and mm. say you've got a 300 page book that's five hours that's an hour a day a week yeah. Hour, hour a day you can get a book done a week so i'm i think since lockdown because i've had just so much more time i've been reading like one to two books a week so last week i read two books and then are you this, doing audio or are you just reading i just read it yeah I've, i used to love audiobooks and then i started actually sort of physically reading the books and just found it's quite a nice escape isn't it just sitting there getting ahead in a book and the ideas that come off from when where you're reading you, stuff. Where would you, like, do you read in the morning? Like, do you get up? I, I read a little bit in the morning. I try to read a little bit of fiction in the evening, but I haven't done that for... Yeah, I've been doing, doing that as well. Yeah, it's Tim Ferriss thing, isn't it? So he's like, fiction in the evening, non-fiction in the morning slash daytime. Oh, do Oh, I just made mm. that myself. I was just like, oh. oh, it's so hard for me to read fiction because... I feel like sometimes I'm like, I could literally be filling my brain with the, like human behavior stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, but I do read fiction in the evening. Yeah. But yeah. Just, I'm just a very slow fiction reader. I, I really like fiction nowadays because I realize it's kind of a, it's an insight into that person's brain and the story that they're telling. And I think that's really interesting because they've completely made the whole thing up and they'll put a load of like nice messages in there, which is a yeah. good thing. Oh yeah. Like the alchemist, like you were saying. Yeah. Love it. 
I love The Alchemist. I read The Alchemist when I was traveling and yeah. it was just the perfect, perfect. I always tell people to read The Alchemist because a lot of people mess with me like, I want to go travel and my boyfriend doesn't. And uh, like he can't because of his work and stuff like that. And I'm like, read The Alchemist. Why does yeah. love have to stop you from doing your personal legend? Yeah. Like doing your purpose. Like if love is strong enough, I'm so sorry because there, can you hear that? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I can't a, hear a thing. Oh, uh, okay. Because I thought you could hear like the lawnmower. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So what I was saying was, yeah, a lot of, like the alchemist will teach you that like love is strong enough to go through like you going away traveling or you yeah. going to do like i truly feel like you can do long distance or you can do especially if you like are with someone so long and you know yeah, you're yeah that's interesting because i literally didn't even think about the love side of that book when I, whenever i think of the alchemist i always think of like omens and stuff like um just like presenting itself to you in terms of like the universe you know what i mean i'm trying to move because we're on uh, the move because like all i can hear is the lawnmower oh fair um yeah so alchemist for me i didn't even remember the bit about like love and and yeah i I couldn't even remember that all i remember is that the the main takeaway for me in that book is he just literally follows off and he goes off on tangents onto these different stages like when he works in the glass blowing shop or whatever it is or the vase shop and and then he gets on the caravan and he's he's searching for his treasure but along that way he's not afraid to go left or right as opposed to just going straight towards it and i think that's such a nice message that whatever your goal is don't be afraid to change that at different stages and like live in the moment as it were you know be present yeah and the other thing i took from that book was at the start of it there was a thing saying i can always go back to being a shepherd Mm. and i that is people always like i'm so scared to do this and i'm like you can always go back and work in your bank you can always yeah. go back and work wherever. Do you know, I always say everything that I do now, I have no problem going back working in a bar. Yeah. So that's why I can take the risk. So I'll take the risk and like put loads of money into my like wellness company and do my retreats yeah. and like write my books or whatever. And I'm like, if it failed, I have absolutely no fear of going back. So yeah. that, you need to have that relationship with, with them um, failure when you're going forward. Yeah. He was like, he could stay safe and be a shepherd his whole life. I could have stayed safe and like worked in wherever my whole life. Yeah. But you can always go back to it. So like, if, at least if you tried, the only thing that's stopping you is your, your fear of failure. Yeah. And he was like, Sada, I'm going to go. See you later. Yeah. Come back to you later, Sheik. <laughs> I think it's, I think it drives a lot of people, the fear of failure. And, but the uncomfortable truth for those people is that one, whatever job you're doing, you're replaceable. So the company's not actually going to miss you and you can always go back to it. And if it's not with that company, it'll be somewhere else and you're still going to make friends there. Like yeah. nothing's going to be that bad that you lose this job and you can never get a job again. And I always like, I th- me and Siobhan, I say, you know, so what? I always say mm. the, I like, even with the coronavirus situation, right? Mm. I have lived in a hut in Thailand with, zero money and i mean when i say zero money i mean like a fiver a week i was living on yeah i was living i was eating boiled rice like getting this big thing of boiled rice and eating boiled eggs like i had no money i was eat live on oats boiled eggs and rice and i lived in this little hut with nothing like i didn't even i had fucking wi-fi in there i don't even know 
all I had was my like my books and I was yeah. completely content and happy I was self-discovering I was kind of like and I said to myself if corona failed if I lost all my money if I lost a roof over my head if I yeah. lost everything then we could all we're always going to be okay and that fear of failure like you need you, the worst case scenario if you have your mind and you have like a good mindset like you don't need anything else yeah that's what so, Sam, Sam Harris says your mind is all you have all you'll ever have and all you're able to offer others I think it's like, like such an important quote because that is true the only thing that you're going to be with forever is yourself and your mind yeah that's, that's what it does it frustrate you when people won't read oh or so won't weird. won't bother to like learn about stuff like, oh, I don't need it like, come on mate it's so <laughs> it, it honestly is so frustrating especially like like my like I feel like when I started right and I started putting up books it was not cool as a blogger to put up books yeah but I think were really changing my life and I just started to pick them up and put them up and like I could probably tell you right now how much books I've sold yeah like I've got I've got it here how much books I've sold on my like link so like yeah and then I look at that and I'm like I can't believe I've made that much people read and it's amazing and like the thing about it is like we need to try and make reading cool and I 100% think reading is cool now and when I first yeah. started blogging about books people were like and now people will send me messages like this book changed my life this book changed my life yeah. so I feel like we're now in the process of making books cool and they are cool psychology is cool human behavior yeah. is cool learning about your emotions is cool and but it, oh, it's so hard because like I will turn to some of my friends and they're yeah. telling me their problems and I'm like, this book will fix your problem. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, why? Nah. Like they can't be asked to give three hours to you a book. You know why? This is like, this is what the research I'm doing now for, this is the reason why I started studying psychology because I wanted my research to be published. So it was, yeah. Um, the, the reason why people can't read books is because they have a very low attention span. They have a very low attention span because we are bombarded with content every day. Yeah. I myself had a very low attention span and I, I will get a low attention span when I'm on my phone a lot because I'm bombarded. When I go, when you go on Safari and you Google something, yeah. some people, including myself, couldn't, can't even wait for Safari to load. They will close that app and go on Instagram and wait for the Safari to load. Are you laughing because you do that? No, no, I don't, but I think that's quite... So that is like, that is like such a low attention span that you can't wait those few seconds to do that. And um, that is why people can't read because they don't have... The, they're like, oh, I can't. And I'm like, you can read. You just mm. have a very low attention span. How do you train your attention span? You train it by actually telling your brain no. So I have actually done research on how to get your attention span up by reading books. So a person so I'll get a person I'll get them to read a book and I'll be like give me your honest honest opinion when you want to go reach for your phone and it's usually around two or three pages right where you just want to reach yeah if you tell your brain no and you just go like this and just even though like that next page is hard to get in then that is your brain now trained to four pages the next day you'll be able to read four pages without reaching for your phone and the yeah. next day you'll say no to your brain again and you'll say yes and to the fifth page and yeah. keep going and it's the same thing this is the exact same thing as meditation you're telling your brain no focus all the time so you're training yeah. your brain and you're in your thoughts and you're training and like this is the thing that will spike your attention span. and when your attention spans longer you focus better the things that you love yeah. all your purpose like all the things that you like you want to start a business you can't start a business because your attention span is low yeah so you can't sit and do all the crappy banking shit like that that I fucking hate, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, 
So yeah, everything's got to do with the attention span. So people- I love that. And when you read a full book, like my first book took me a year to read, like Mm. a full full book. But like when you get the reward of like applying everything you learned into your real life, it becomes addiction then because you're like, oh my God. See, have you read The Laws of Human Nature? Nah, I've got I've got it though. It's big and it's scary. Oh, because like when you read that book, you're literally like every single person that comes towards you, you're like, I know everything about you. I know oh really? You. Like I'll sit with someone and like the way they're like got their their the way they talk to me, the way they're I can tell if they're if they're a guy and they're quite sensitive, I'll be like, Oh, your dad wasn't around, was he? Because <laughs> this is masculine, he's not he doesn't have yeah. to be like masculine, he's like he can show his sensitive side. So yeah, that book is really good because you're like, I know everything and why would why would you not want to know everything about everyone? Like why would you not yeah. want to like when when like haters or trolls, I'm like, Oh, I know what's wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh sweetie, sorry. Oh. Sorry to hear that you hate yourself. <laughs> I like I like that. I, just going back to the attention span thing, I was going to do a um, post the other day just asking everyone to just stick a timer on their phone and read until they couldn't bear to not reach for their phone and just see how long it took them. Because I think a lot of people would be really disappointed with themselves of how long it takes them to like not like pick up their phone. Yeah, I do it in the, on the Monday when I come back from, because like, I wouldn't read too much on the weekend. Mm. Um, so I'll come back on a Monday and my attention span is like fucking four pages. And I'm like, oh, and I have to just keep going. But then the next day then I'm back to normal. But like you have to just train yeah. and to meditate. And sometimes Sunday I'll start to spend a lot of time meditating. So yeah, I'm going. But yeah, it's all about attention span. People just don't have the attention span because they're so used to it. And I'm like, we read in school. It's yeah. Our phones are driving us mad. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think especially like our generation, we kind of got to, s- phones just started to become like, phones were getting cool at like 10, 11, 12. Like you'd have the Sony Walkman like phones, stuff like that. But now kids have got iPhones are like eight years old. They've got the world in their hand. Whereas we were like, oh, can you Bluetooth me that Acon song? Yeah. Whereas now, <laughs> Like, yeah yeah polyphonic like crazy frog and stuff like that whereas now they've literally worry. got access to everything i worry and, i worry about the phones 100 percent. like mm. when you look at the research and i think now people are being more aware of how much they're on their phones whereas before we yeah. were actually aware we yeah. were just on the phones but now i'm actually very aware and i will make sure that like i have time off my phone i'll do like digital detox detoxes and stuff like that yeah um, but I do want to do like digital detox retreats as well where there's no phone. I want to go and do like a silent retreat or something like that. I feel like oh that. Oh my God, really do you want cool. to go to Bali and do a silent retreat? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, was, I was just practicing. Yeah, I, I was just nodding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, so what, in Bali, I'm like silent retreat, yoga training and meditation training. Yeah. Definitely. There's yeah. I, I was looking at meditation, like teaching courses the other day. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting thing because like, you always have to approach it with a beginner's mind. Unfortunately, I feel like a beginner every time I meditate. And so I, I do like half yeah, an hour no, a day. I and I started off doing like two minutes and now I'm at half an hour and it's, re- and it's getting really, really difficult. And I can't cross my legs either. You don't have to do half an hour though. You can only do, like, I only, I don't do half an hour. No, but I like, I like the, the point to, I think however long you do it for, the first 20% of it is when you're like trying to get your brain calm. Yeah. And when you've actually sat there for maybe like 20 minutes, with a relatively calm brain, I just don't think you can beat that feeling. And I feel like my ideas that come up through the day and like my yeah. creativity is just like way more than it's ever been 
Like yeah, I used to be the least creative person in the world. And then I feel like I, I started meditating and I, and I felt like I'd reached like a plateau. And then I was doing one and they were talking about the benefits of meditation and what happens when you reach a plateau. And it's not just like a clear mind that you get and it's about creativity and stuff like that. I was like, wow, I actually really am making progress and I didn't even recognize it. Yeah. And like, I love ones that like bring your subconscious up and you can like get, so if I'm reading a lot or I'm doing something like a project and I've injected, like took a lot of information and like, I'll have to meditate and like all my thoughts will start aligning and then I'll be able to pick into like a project or something like that. So like, I just think like I'm making a journal now and like I would meditate um, and then I would just like come out of it and then just start writing because it kind of just yeah. all forms there. It's all, it's all in there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all in there. It just needs to be like, we need to chill. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Not enough people take time to just do nothing anymore. And in, in that sense, and I've just read the Tao of Pooh, such a good book. Right, um, so some, a few people have told me this. Tell me what it's yeah. like. So Taoism, I thought it was Taoism to begin with because it's spelt with a T, but in Chinese it's like the Tao. Okay. And um, it was a philosophy, I think it originated like 600 BC. So I don't know why Chinese would use the, that year system, but that's just how it is. Um, and it's essentially about just doing nothing and, and not searching for the Tao. And the Tao is like the ultimate goal, almost as if it's like enlightenment. But you, oh, like enlightenment? Like, yeah. Is in like the Buddhist sort of thing? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. But the reason they put it into Winnie the Pooh, because Winnie the Pooh doesn't do anything. When you ask Winnie the Pooh, oh, what do you think about this? He's like, oh, I don't. I don't, I don't think about it. And like he always, there's a lot of things in The Great Adventure, um, which the book by whatever his name is, Milne, um, for Winnie the Pooh. Every time Winnie the Pooh finds something, it's because he's not looking for it. And they call it the Wu Wei. And in the book, it's the Pooh Wei. Um, but it's essentially not interfering with nature and not interfering with the universe and what it wants to serve up and sort of just waiting, not necessarily like just waiting for things to happen, but. Oh, yeah, you have to. I know what, I know what this is. Yeah. Have you ever read Asking It Is Given? No. Yeah, so basically, it's like, it's a very similar thing. So it's about completely surrendering to the universe. Or anything yeah. by Gabriel Bernstein will tell you to surrender. So everything that's meant to happen will just happen. Yeah. If you start thinking about it in your head and resisting it and start thinking negatively of it, then that is when you're rejecting it. Yeah. See, I, I used to I used to hear stuff like that. And I used to be like, yeah, all right, mate, you're a whack yeah. job. And yeah. now I've started kind of just letting stuff happen. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, you have this to. This is to. actually kind of true a little bit. And now I kind of want to take the piss out of myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Like, people always, like, I could go into crazy spiritual and be like whack job central, but like, mm. It's not, I don't even like people, I don't even need to explain my spirituality because like I live by it every day and it's absolutely yeah. fucking amazing. And like, yeah. if you don't want to live by it, then like that's your choice. You just keep going with your resistance thoughts. Like, all I can do is try and guide you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like, it's definitely, you, yeah, that's, that's definitely a way you need to like completely surrender. Like, thinking about, like, say, like, if I'm going traveling, if you're going traveling by yourself, like, thinking, oh my God, oh my God, freaking out, anxiety, anxiety. It's like, why are you resisting it? Yeah whatever happens especially if you're not afraid to die it's very easy to mm. surrender if you're not what's the worst thing happening you die i'm grand no. yeah i i've always felt like that 
because like, I, I like just doing it's really hard to say it without sounding really lame but like you know like adventurous stuff yeah but like, all oh, that's a bit dangerous i'm like oh, mate like if i die like yeah, you die. i was doing something i was absolutely loved at the time yeah i'm like, like so, i don't really fear death too much yeah. so there's a there's a bit in that laws of human nature it's about embracing death mm. and it's about like no one of death is beside you as well you will always do the things that you want to do like yeah. When I think about if death, if I was going to die like next week, what would I regret the most? I would regret not like taking my family on holidays. I wouldn't regret not saving for that mortgage. Yeah, exactly. But I always think like, um, in terms of that, like, do I really want to buy a house or do I want to take my mom down on holidays? Like, yeah. on people holiday. don't live in acknowledgement of death, and there's that Latin phrase "memento mori" that is like meditate on death and like mm-hmm. essentially know that you're doomed, and not in like a negative way, but like take it as a positive like this isn't going to last forever what's the point in just having a shit life for the sake of comfort in four years time or five years time or ten years time which still then is probably going to be a bit shit yeah and you're you're not you're here to expand and grow you're not here to go to work every day and just like you know what i mean like you're yeah, here to 100% explore your mind explore your power that you have yeah. and yeah so like it's short so fucking yeah. do it yeah exactly um i'm gonna so i want to wrap this up with your top three books not including yours um but i'll I'll get you to speak about that in a moment and then what i'll do is i'll stop the recording then we can have another like five minutes but then i'll then i'll get on um but what would your top three favorite books be and this is such a difficult question laws of human nature yeah um Yeah, I'd probably say Awaken the Giant Within because it's my first one that really explored my whole brain. Is that Siobhan giving you that one? Yeah, she was like, she knows that's my favorite book because it was my first book. It was my first ever book. And then A New Earth. A New Earth, uh, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, perfect. Well, look, so everyone listening, you heard that, the top three favorite books. We've got Laws of Human Nature, Awaken the Giant Within, and A New Earth. So they're bangers. Tell us about your book and tell us where to find you. So I have a book on relationships. It's called You Should Know These Things, uh, Relationships. And there is an, there is an ebook, and that's at SineadHegarty.com. Or you can get the audio version at SineadHegarty.com as well. So or just go on my Instagram, and there'll be links all there. Sinead Hegg is my Instagram. Well, you heard it from Sinead. The Instagram is at Sinead Hegg once again. Our Instagram, if you want to follow us, keep up with the content, see what's going on, it's at a need to read with the number two as opposed to the word. And on the subject of Instagram, if you guys can chuck this on your story, share it, I'll love you. Now, it's really exciting to have Sinead on. Obviously, this was her first book that she's written and I loved it. I've now finished it since we've recorded and it was absolutely brilliant. I can't recommend it enough. Now, I always say, tell your mum, your sister, your boyfriend, your girlfriend make sure that your boyfriend or your girlfriend read this or read this together because we all go through life pretty much trial and erroring relationships without actually looking at what makes a stable relationship. This book's a really good bl- blueprint for that. And if you love Sinead's voice, if you like the Irish accent, she's got an audiobook version of it as well, which you can find on our website. So thank you very much for tuning in once again, and I'll be back with another book review for you soon. <laughs>